Becky and Millhaven just saying, I'm Tom Beckham. And I'm McGraw Millhaven. How you feeling, McGraw? How am I doing? Yeah, how you feeling? Are you feeling good? Great now. Thank you for asking. Uh, there was a there was an accident outside my house. A bunch of skid marks all over the place. You're pathetic. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, welcome to the only podcast that starts off with an inside joke. You don't find this in a lot of podcasts. You don't find a lot of podcasts, but yeah. No, you actually, the podcasts are done for other people. We just do this for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but hey, we'd like to do it for more people. So make sure you subscribe and share and tell your friends that every Thursday, there's a brand new episode of Becca and Melhaven. Just saying, where we uh, talk about uh, whatever the hell we just feel like talking about. You know, you know speaking know. of that, don't don't you hate when you're watching YouTube and people are like, "Please subscribe if you like the content, please subscribe." No, I'm not subscribing to your podcast, but but please subscribe to ours. Well, yeah. Do I? I don't hate it when it happens. That really annoys. I don't. Me. I don't subscribe. I get it. I get how it works. Just continue on with changing the light bulb and teach me how to change the light bulb. Because I mean, all the all the YouTubers they need an editor. I mean, they 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 would be so much better if they had an editor and somebody to edit half of their content that they put up on YouTube. Oh, uh, how much time have you wasted on TikTok or Facebook Reels? Or, or, or YouTube videos sometimes, you just end up going down a rabbit hole and then you get done like an hour later and say, what the hell did I do that for? Well, uh, zero on TikTok because I believe that that's a Trojan horse and uh, China is just trying to read our minds. So I don't subscribe or download TikTok, but YouTube quite often. Yeah. What about reels on Facebook? Y yeah, I guess I do that. Not as bad though. I don't understand the ones where... They're like, have a stupid trick and you know it's fake and it takes them five minutes to get to the end of the trick. Yeah. Right? I, I don't understand why, what's the point of them wanting to do a four minute video? Just if they have something funny, tell us to it in 30 seconds. And the other one I don't get, how do these people all know like to use the same song and like the, do the same bit? Because there's like all these different couples and different people that like, they're doing the same thing. You know, and, and they, like, they like come and go. Like for a while there, it was like the biological moms and the uh, the second wives, you know, the trophy wives getting together and stuff like that. That was that was one for a while. And um, oh, you 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 have a different feed than I have. Well, what do you see? Well, I don't see the trophy wives. Apparently, that's what that's what you're searching on YouTube. Trophy wives. Well, this, this is the reels thing. This is reels, not. I'm. I'm searching like how to catch sea bass, something normal. You're worried about trophy wives. <laughs> no, I don't. You're on that Ashley Madison site, aren't you? You're, you're a little sugar daddy. None, none of your business. None of your business what, I'm, <laughs> what, my, what my internet use is. Um, so uh, speaking about sea bass, yeah, that's what you did on your vacation. Hey, thanks for showing up this week, by the way. You know? Yeah, last week. Okay, so let me get a little, little behind the scenes here to, to this podcast. So two weeks ago, McGraw is getting ready to go on vacation, and it's like, yeah, I think I can, I can do the, I can do the podcast on vacation, yeah, because you know he, he's in St. Louis, I'm in Omaha, we do this over Zoom, and so yeah, well, he could do the podcast, so fine, right? 
So like Monday, I go and say, okay, what time do you want to record the podcast? And he's like, oh yeah, well, you just do it on your own. Well, you don't be stranded, man. You don't be hanging. When you asked me, I was sunning myself with a cocktail outside the pool. And the last thing I want to do is talk to you. Well, you have responsibilities. Well, the- even Johnny Carson took a night off. <laughs> yeah. And we had the following Johnny Carson had. You can take a night off, too. All right. Well, there you go. Anyway, so anyway, how was your vacation? It was really nice. Uh, the family rented a uh, Airbnb or a VRVO or whatever, rented a house in uh, Montauk, which is at the last uh, town uh, out on the tip of Long Island. And uh, it was great. Had uh, all the nieces and nephews and uh, sisters there and um, went uh, fishing in the uh, Atlantic Ocean uh, for some fluke and uh, went and had all a bunch of seafood and baked clams and mussels and it was a good time. No, is Montauk in the Hamptons? Is that in the Hamptons? Or is that- well, it's a good, it's, it's an interesting question because um, it's like West Hampton, South Hampton, East Hampton, Amagansett, Montauk. So it's, first of all, if you're from the Hamptons, you don't call it the Hamptons. People who visit there call it the Hamptons. But it's, it, there are different towns, right? There's one next to the other. So there's small little towns all the way all, along the line. And then it's Amagansett. And then Montauk's the last town. And then there's the lighthouse. And then there's the Atlantic Ocean. Is that like, um, doesn't like Billy Joel live out there? And like Howard Stern and Paul McCartney have a well, place? They all have they all have places out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, used to be for the hoity-toity. Or, or it's now for the hoity-toity. It used to be, oddly enough, um, they wouldn't let the Irish go to the beach. So they, believe it or not, they built the roads so that the buses couldn't cart the dirty Irish from the city to the beach. So they built the overpasses so small that the buses couldn't, couldn't, couldn't use the roads. So the Irish had no choice but to go out further, and they ended up going out to the Hamptons. This is, you know, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, it's just sort of grown from that, and now it's, you know, these are small little fishing villages along the way. Now they've grown up to be a playground of the rich and famous. Is that where, uh, oh, no, Coda wasn't... Uh... Coda was in Gloucester. That was in Boston. That was in Boston. But, but Montauk has uh, has that Gloucester feel because it's a it's a fishing port, and they have commercial fishermen boats come in, and they have um, chartering boats come in, and you know they have a big fish market there, and you go and you buy your lobster and sea bass, and you know your fluke and your tuna, and you go and you cook, go go home, then cook it up and have a grand old time. I don't think I've ever seen fluke at a restaurant. Uh, yeah, you have. You just haven't noticed it. Um, the, uh, and the East Coast. I mean, there's a lot of sea bass. There's a lot of fluke. It's a white fish. It's it's like a flounder. So, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I've seen sea bass in restaurants. I've seen, yeah. you know, uh, other uh, seafood. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a big fish fan. I'm not, I love seafood. I love like, I love like, uh, uh, you know, crab and shrimp and lobster. And also I love seafood. I just don't like fish that much. Do you like the, do you like the filet of fish at McDonald's? No, not really, no. Oh. no. Um, well, you, you saw the picture on uh, Facebook of me catching a 23-inch fluke, didn't you? Uh, no, I didn't. I figured it was a fluke that you caught a fish. Oh, it was. Uh, it, it um, dare I say, it, it went viral. It was huge. 
That's like that all state ad. I don't know how to all state ad where was that uh, uh, mayhem is doing uh, some uh, TikTok challenge or whatever. It's a oh, this is going to go viral. Tens and tens of people are going to see. <laughs> I saw what was a commercial I saw yesterday where the, there's a softball team playing, and the guy's like, "We're going to need you, Derek." And some guy named Derek stands up and he goes, "No, I'm, I meant Derek Jeter." And then Derek Jeter's on the team. He stands up. <laughs> Kind of uh, speaking about that, uh, All-Star game last night. Well, Tuesday night, because there's a run on Thursday or whatever. All-Star game was uh, Tuesday night. Did but, you watch uh, any of it? I watched parts of it, yeah. You know, you... and, and what, what got me, what I realized is that I don't pay that close attention to baseball anymore. Because they're naming all these players, and the only one that I really recognize was Albert Pujols. I recognize like the manager's name, you know, you know Dusty Baker and all that. I, I recognize that, but I, but like the players' names, I, I didn't recognize any of these people. Well, that's because you're old, and that's why you recognize Albert Pujols because he's been playing for 20 years. Um, uh, did you watch though, where John Schmoltz was like talking to the pitcher when he was pitching? I didn't see that. No. Oh man! So these he's talking to the pitcher's got an earpiece. And he's talking to him and he's like, what are you going to throw here? He goes, ah, slider. He goes, all right. And then he like throw a slider. He's like, oh, I, you got on top of it. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch this one. So they were having a conversation while they were pitching. So they had a guy, I think, oh, uh, two, Jeff McNeil of the Mets. And so uh, John Smoltz in the booth says, are you going to strike him out? He goes, yeah. What should I strike him out with? He goes, slider back foot. He goes, all right, watch this. And he threw a slider down at his feet. It was really cool. It was really fun. Did he swing at it and miss? Uh, the actual pitch hit him in the other foot, and he went to first base on a hit-by-pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but the point was, the point was they were having a conversation. It was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. The point is, is that he tried to strike the guy out. Be some macho dude. Hey, I'm going to strike the guy out. And was, uh, winds up hitting him with a pitch. It was really cool. They had Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge in the outfield talking. Oh, Aaron Judge. I didn't know Aaron Judge. I didn't know Aaron Judge. Yeah. 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 So it was, uh, it was fun. It was really, actually, it started at 720, which is very reasonable time to start a game. You know, they didn't wait till 930. Um, so it was actually, it was kind of, I actually enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I thought about that when I'm watching the game, but I, I saw it was starting. I, I thought about you because I know McGraw has got a burr up his ass when it comes to Major League Baseball and starting like the playoff games late and the World Series late. So that the kids can't really go and uh, uh, you know enjoy it. Um, well, I, I should have a burr up my backside over that. It's ridiculous. Don't get me started. Um, why why would you start a playoff game at eight o'clock? It makes no sense. Well, it makes sense if you're on the West Coast. Okay, so one fifth of the country can watch the game. The two four fifths of the other children can't watch the game. Uh, I would say that when you consider the population of California and Washington and Oregon and, you know, and, and Nevada. Don't get me started. There, there's no justification for them starting a game at nine o'clock on the East coast. None. Yeah, there there's is. None. No, there's not. Yeah, there is advertisers. Yeah. What average, why have the game end at 1130? What advertiser says I'm dying to reach the 1130 crowd. People that advertise on, uh, Seth Myers, people that advertise. Yeah, yeah that's exactly Martin. right. How do you grow a game where the where the, where your finale, the Cubs win the World Series the first time in a hundred years, and the game ends 
1230 at night. What is the point of trying to grow your, your game? All the World Series games you could mention, and you mention the Cubs winning the World Series? The point was that no, no, was, no, no. The point was that you're trying to get to me because you know that after all these years, it is still a sore spot with me how the Indians, they were known as the Indians back then, my beloved team had to win one game out of three and they lost the first two. They're winning in the third. A rain delay happens and then they blow it. Yeah, the what I will never see my Indians win a World Series. Now, the Guardians might, but the Indians won't. My whole wait, life. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on a second. You were alive in 1948 when they won the 48 World Series, weren't you? You can kiss my ass. Why is that? That wasn't very nice. Well, I'm not. I'm sorry. I just, you hit a sore spot there. No, but I was not right. alive in that apparently, 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 I touched a boil on your ass. Actually, my, my, my parents got married. Um, I think in 48 and, uh, and, and cause they would talk about at the reception, how like nobody was really paying attention to the married couple, right? Everybody was like going to the radio to listen to the game. <laughs> uh, but do I get any credit for knowing that the Indians beat the Boston Braves in 1948? Yes, you can credit you yourself know, and pat yourself on the back. Do you know how I know that? Because you have the internet right in front of you. No, because the game didn't end at two o'clock in the morning. It was on when people were up. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, I, again, Ms. McGraw said, we do this podcast just for us. I brought up the late starting playoff games just because I knew it would rile him up. <laughs> I knew it would get him going. I just, did, I just brought up the late, the late games for my own amusement. And now let's talk about some, maybe something of some substance, if, if, uh, if we shall. Um, I can't believe that there are actual people that voted against the um, uh, the uh, the Respect for Marriage Act. You know, yeah. the, there were Republicans that voted against this thing. Well, it, it wasn't. It was it was interesting because it wasn't just to legalize and to support the Supreme Court decision on same-sex marriage. It was also to legalize and support the Supreme Court decision on interracial marriages. Yeah. So not, not only did these people vote against legalizing same-sex marriage, they also voted against legalizing interracial marriage. Now, I do think that the marriage between Clarence Thomas and Ginny Thomas should have been stopped, but not because he's black and she's white because she's a nut job and she's influencing a Supreme Court justice. How do you know uh, that? Huh? You don't know that she's influencing him. Oh, really? Well, she has influenced him so that he's now a huge Husker fan. Yeah, well, and you see how well that's going for us. <laughs> I, but I mean, you're it, it, it's, I, I, I was shocked that 47 Republicans voted to support it and i was shocked that 157 republicans voted against it no you're right you're right and i heard you uh, on your uh, radio show this morning i heard you talking about this you've got a real far right was it ann wagner is that her name congresswoman ann wagner uh ann wagner yeah i don't know if she's far i don't know i don't know where she is on the spectrum but she is a conservatives she was a bush conservative 
who hated Trump, but then had to like Trump, now loves Trump, but I don't really know if she likes Trump. Well, because well, I don't know where I, that all is. I know, all I know about her is I heard one of her commercials play on your show one day, and she used every fear-mongering trope in the book. You know, about this leftist agenda that wants to infiltrate and have transgender athletes go to the bathroom with your kids. I mean, it was like almost like every little thing. She was hitting everyone. I mean, it was like, boy. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was almost, it was almost powerful. It was almost a Saturday Night Live ad, uh, you know, making fun of these people, but she was serious about it. But to your point, she voted for it. She right, voted- so she's against transgenders going to the bathroom next to my daughter, but in favor of my daughter marrying her daughter. Well, probably not, since your daughter is what, two? Well, not currently, but you understand. Yes, I understand. Yeah. I understand, yeah. Uh, the but whole but it was also the interracial, the, the uh, Clarence, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. So I didn't, I mean, it, it, it sort of put the uh, Republicans in a box. It was a total ploy by the Democrats, good one. Um, you know, puts them, puts them in a box, what do you do? Um, but they had people vote against legalizing interracial marriage in 2021, it's 150 of them. It's 2022. It's... Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, you, do you know why I didn't know oh, that? Because wait, 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 wait. You know what year the Indians won the World Series and you don't know what freaking year it is? I don't know what year it is because they changed the year at midnight when everyone's asleep. <laughs> they should do it at like 8 o'clock at night. Then we would know. Oh, I... Oh, <laughs> You've got issues. Oh, I've got issues. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what the Senate does, how they, you know, if they just let it, uh, you know, languish there or if they pass it, you know. Um, yeah, well, you're going to have to assume that they would bring it up. And I, you would assume that more Republicans in the Senate would vote for it, right? Um, yeah, you would, but you would but hope. Gay, but gay marriage isn't uh, isn't as big of a, of a, of a campaign slogan as it was just in you know, what 10 years ago well it is it is for those on the far right the the fringe people um you know they they uh, they, they want to take us back to you know 1922 or whatever um it, it is for some people like that it is weird that it is the party of individual freedom and yet so many of them don't want people to um live their lives the way they want to right i mean i'm offended by gay marriage so you can't marry a man well what is that i mean it's really not the definition of freedom we we can't regulate coal but we can regulate who you want to love right it it makes it makes no sense whatsoever it makes no speaking of which speaking about coal and that what do you think about biden and this uh this climate um executive order that he wants to put out there i mean you know he has no no power to do that he he's He's floundering, man. This poor yeah. guy. I know he's a victim of, you know, bad timing and all, but the man's not doing anything to help himself out. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I just, look, the climate change argument doesn't work in the voting booth. The American people are sitting through a heat wave of epic proportions, and they don't care. They, not enough people vote climate change. Republicans vote pro-life. That's what they do. Democrats, 
yeah, do we want to, you know, limit coal? Sure, but I'm not, I, I really can't go to the polls today because I got a date. So I, you know, I mean, they talk a good game, but they don't vote. So yeah. this guy's, this guy's carrying a banner for people who won't uh, die on a hill for it. And he's going to do more damage to his own agenda by doing it. So I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, I remember God during the Carter years, you know, when there was an oil shortage, you know, Carter made a point of, you know, Hey, put on a sweater and turn on your thermostat. And the American people like rejected him for that because it right. was like, yeah, oh no, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to make any little bit of a sacrifice. So in the meantime, like you say, Europe is burning up. I, I know of a person, I know a person had a two week vacation planned in Europe, uh, just doing the, the VRBOs or Airbnb, whatever, right? Doing that. He stayed like five days because they're, you know, France right now and most of Europe is just burning up and because they're not used to this, none of the Airbnbs have air conditioning. So he couldn't get a good night's sleep because he was sweating all night. And so he just said, screw this, I'm going back home. So, uh, you know, he cut, he cut a European vacation short because of global warming. Well, he cut a, a European vacation short because he was a wuss. That's why he cut his European vacation in half. I mean, yeah, it's hot. So he went home because it was too hot. That's a that's a privileged, ugly American. Oh yeah. Oh wait a minute. I have heard you bitch about some of the most insignificant things over the years. I'm sorry. I did. Okay. Yes, I am a privileged, ugly American too. <laughs> but I mean, the guy the guy's on a two week trip to Paris or Europe, and he cuts it short because it's hot. Come on. He wasn't having fun. It wasn't. It wasn't enjoyable. He was sweating too much. Uh, you ever go to Europe? Well, I mean, yes, you you have any, you ever go to Europe and ask for a, a cup of ice, right? You have a soda and, and you ask for a glass of ice. They they give you the smallest of little glasses and they throw in one tiny little ice cube. And you're like, really? This is the I mean, they don't really do ice in Europe and they don't really do air conditioning in Europe. And that's why you are one of those ugly privileged Americans. Give me some ice cubes, damn it. I remember uh, when, when uh, actually you and I both uh, uh, went to France um, at the same time, and uh, I had a card printed up, and it said in French, it said, I'm too stupid to learn French. Do you speak English? And I would read that card to people. They would laugh, and if they didn't speak English, they'd bring somebody over who did. You know, so if you go over there, people that say, you know, the, oh, the French are rude and all that stuff. Yeah, if you go over there with that attitude, like, you know, hey, French, if it weren't for us, you'd be speaking German. Yeah, they're going to be a bit of a jerk to you. But if you're over there being nice and friendly and smiling and stuff, they're, they're really cool people. Well, you, you and I were both on that same trip together. Yeah. We were, we were in Normandy uh, on, on June 5th. So they were getting ready for one of the celebrations for the uh, landing in Normandy. Mm -hmm. And you and I both commented that we saw more American flags on the homes in Normandy on June 5th than we see on American homes on July 4th. Yeah. Every single home had an American flag on it. And these Americans who complain about the French, you're like, you have no idea how they revere the Americans. Yeah. Yeah. I think I told this story before on the podcast, but I'll tell, tell it again. As you and I were on this trip together, Chris, it was one of, it was one of these trips. Uh, it was one of these trips where you were inviting all your listeners to join you on a river cruise down the Seine River. And as things work out sometimes that 
your relationship broke up shortly before the trip. I got a call. He said, Hey, I got an extra ticket. You want to go? And so I went. actually, actually, I don't really have any other friends. So I was, it wasn't a last minute breakup. It was, I didn't have anybody for months and months and months. And I had no choice, but to ask you, cause you were the only one who would go with me to France, which is pathetic. Yeah. I won't, I won't go with you to the grocery store. I won't go with you to a movie or, or to a ball game, but Hey, France. Sure. I can put up with you for that. Well, we've, you and I have gone to Alaska together. We've gone to France together. We've done the Seine River, the Danube together. You and I are pathetic. <laughs> yeah, you got a point there. You got a point there. So, um, uh, <laughs> but anyway, but uh, I had a point there with the, oh, the, the trip back, coming back. You had all these St. Louis people with you, and I'm from Omaha. And when I go to uh, security there at the airport, uh, and they see that I'm from Omaha, uh, the guy goes, oh, we have an Omaha beach here. Actually, I think it was more like, oh, we, we have, we haven't, I do an Aussie for Jackson. I'm not even going to try. I'll end up starting an international incident if I try my French no, you, accent. You, you'll end up pulling a muscle. But anyway, he said, oh, we have Z, we have Z Omaha beach here. And I, thought I, said, were, I thought you were not going to do the French accent. No, that's just a speech impediment I have. <laughs> So, it, sounds, it sounds like Pepe Le Pew. Oh, that, that, that sexist cartoon. That, that's, that's why our relationship don't work out. We were raised, we were raised on Pepe Le Pew. You know? That's, why is that wrong? Why, why is Pepe wrong? <laughs> ladies, ladies, send your email to contact at BeccaNMillhaven.com. And, and tell McGraw why Pepe Le Pew is wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Hey, the point you're being is that I got through security in like, you know, 10 minutes because I was from Omaha and they have an Omaha beach, whereas you were stuck in security for like 45 minutes. Uh, by the way, there's a, uh, um, <laughs> I'm just checking the news here. It says uh, uh, Joe Biden says he has cancer thanks to the oil industry but White House points to skin cancer years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, here, so here's my prediction. Okay, he, he can't say anything yet because he got the midterms coming up. But my prediction is that uh, maybe uh, six months after the midterms, Biden announces he's not going to run for re-election. I mean, he's, everybody's talking like he's going to run for re-election. He's not going to run for re-election. He's 79 years old. Yeah. And while he's a very, very nice man and a just a, a wonderful family man, and every time he talks about his son, your heart breaks. Uh, I, you really? Know, I know. At this point in time, every time he talks about his son, I feel like, oh, dude, come on. You know, you're, you're just using it for political purposes. I think, I think he's using no, it. I just, I, no, no, no. I, I, no, I mean, he's a very nice man. Oh, I agree. He's what the country needed. After Trump, he's what the country needed. Just a very nice man. But look, and all due respect to him, it's the the baby boomers exit stage left. Okay, your time in power is done. It's time for the Gen Xers to take over, whoever that may be, liberal, conservative. It's time for the next generation. Um, and the baby boomers, look, you've had Clinton, you had Bush, you had Obama, you have Trump, you have Biden. Uh, Obama, it, Obama was Gen X, wasn't he? No, 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 no. He, no. As a matter of fact, technically, uh, Biden was born like 
four. So he's technically not a baby boomer, but close enough to call him a baby boomer. Uh, Obama was a, a baby boomer, but he was born in like 48 or 49 or something. As a baby boomer myself, I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. Okay, okay so here's, here's, my, here's my political um, uh, theories, right? If I was teaching a poli-sci class, uh, this would be one of my lectures. Is that after Clinton, we wanted a guy that wouldn't cheat on his wife, so we elected Bush. After Bush, we wanted somebody that could complete a sentence, and uh, so we elected Obama. After Obama, we wanted a white guy, so we got Trump. After Trump, we wanted a decent guy, so we got Biden. After Biden, we're going to want a young guy. And by the way, when I say guy, that could also mean uh, gal. I'm just using that as the as the term. So after after uh, Biden, you're right. We're going to want to get somebody that's younger and more energetic. Because that's just how how it works. All right. Well, there you go. That was um, that was your uh, uh, political science class broken down into thirty five seconds. Think of uh, all the money I just saved, you you guys. You know, I'm not uh, to pay. I'll make a prediction. Thank you, make... you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> when 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 are your office hours? Um, <laughs> I'm going to make a prediction right now on June twentieth, twenty twenty two. Liz Cheney will be the next president of the United States. I would not bet against that. And I think she's going to run as an independent. I would not bet against that. I would not bet against that. I, um, it'll be interesting to see Thursday night. What, and we'll talk about this maybe next week, what the final public hearing is uh, going to show. Uh, speaking of that, did you see where uh, Pence and Trump are going to Arizona and going to be holding dueling rallies for their candidates in the Arizona gubernatorial race? Oh, no, I didn't see that, no. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, Biden's, or uh, Prince has got the, quote-unquote, establishment conservative, and Doug Ducey, right, has picked out the establishment candidate, and Trump's got the TV anchor who's full-on, you know, in, in Trump's world. And uh, it's sort of a battle royale and sort of a, a, a divide of the Trump-Pence ticket. Well, yeah, Pence has pretty much made it clear that he's uh, through with Trump. Speaking of which, okay, so this is interesting. You're talking about the January 6th situation. I had first thought, you know, because you, you heard how, you know, they told Pence to leave the Capitol, get in the you know, limo and leave the Capitol, right? And right, Pence right. said, no, I'm going to stay here in the Capitol. At first, I thought, and, and I still think, and it was just a profile and courage of the man doing the right thing, the man, uh, you know, uh, living up to his responsibilities and staying there at the Capitol. But with these Secret Service uh, texts that have been deleted, yeah. now there seems to be some thought that maybe the reason Pence didn't go into that limo is because he wasn't trusting the Secret Service agents he was going to be going with. And that, and that, uh, he sort of knew what was going on and just said, um, yeah, no thanks, but no thanks, I'll stay here. Hold on a second. There's no evidence of this. This is you just being Tom Becker. Um, evidently, there is a, um, uh, there was some testimony where Pence said to one of his Secret Service agents, to one of the guys and said, uh, whatever his name was, hey, Bill, hey, Charlie, whatever, you know, you know, I know you, I trust you, but you're not going to be the one behind the wheel. Right. And so 
And so that's sort of where I come up with my my thoughts on this. You're right. Has it been? Has it, has it, is there evidence or been testified to in court? No, it hasn't. No. But based on what I do know from that, I at least think that's uh, got some uh, credibility as being uh, one of the uh, one of the reasons why he didn't uh, get in that limo and leave. So you think they were going to pull a uh, Carlo Rizzi in uh, The Godfather, where they were going to put him in the front seat and then choke him to death? Um, I don't know how they were going to do it, so I wouldn't be that specific. Um, but if you take a look at how Trump has run everything, using your mob reference is not that much of a stretch. Wow. That's a great, um, that's a great uh, no evidence uh, crazy theory. I just, yeah. I didn't say it was fact. I just said, uh, knowing what I know and seeing what I saw, and that, you know, could this be what, uh, why he didn't get in that limo? Yeah, so. I, I took it, uh, you know, now that you've poisoned my brain, um, I originally took it as, yeah, uh, Mr. Um, uh, uh, Secret Service man that I trust, they were going to put him in, in the car to be safe. And he said, we're not going to leave. We'll just, we'll just put you in the car where you're safe, right? We won't leave. And he said, you I trust, but you're not driving. Somebody could take me away from here and not able to fulfill my duty. Yeah. Either way, either way, if he felt threatened or didn't feel threatened, they were still going to take him away for safety or take him away for dangerous reasons. But he still said, I have to fulfill my duty. So he knew what was underfoot and he had to do the right thing. You know what? I would not vote for Mike Pence uh, for, uh, for president, primarily because of his, um, uh, his social issues. You know, the fact that, uh, you, know, you know, he wants to pray the gay away and, and you know, he calls his wife uh, what, mo mommy or something, right? And, uh, you know, can't be in a room with another woman unless his wife is there, you know? I mean, those sorts of things sort of freak me out a little bit. But uh, so I, w I don't think I'd never vote for him. But having said that, I have got the utmost respect for that man. I have got, I have, I have got so much respect for Mike Pence uh, for how he, uh, you know, abides by, abided by the Constitution and how he hung in there and did the right thing. I've got nothing but respect for Mike Pence. I have no problem with, with, with Mike Pence. And you know why? First of all, he was a radio guy. So we have to stick together. Uh, second of all, he says what he believes. It's not, it's not, uh, it's, he's not telling people what they want to hear. He truly is a Christian. He walks and talks it and lives it. He doesn't tell you what you want to hear to get your vote. He tells you the way he honestly feels. Whether you agree or not, that's up to the individual. But he's honest in his, in his depiction of who he is. I and totally I got agree. No problem with that. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And uh, like I said, I, I, because of a lot of his views, I couldn't vote for him. But um, like when the, the whole... Um, uh, this discussion there about um, uh, impeachment was going on. You know, I had no problem with Mike Pence as president, you know, because he at least believes in uh, the rule of law. Right. And, uh, and, I, and you got to respect that. You got to respect that. So. No, I, I uh, you know, I, I mean, there's, there's nobody you vote for that you agree with everything on unless no, you're, unless you're a zombie. Right. I mean. Um, you're right. I, I've always said I wouldn't vote for Mike Pence. It depends who he's running against. 
Well, that would be you're right. Go. There you yeah. go. Depending on who he's running against, I'll, I'll give that little caveat caveat there. So anyway, so uh, we're about uh, over time. We're already over time. All right, good. You got What do you mean, good? Uh, instead of uh, instead of a um, instead of uh, the over under the over under, I want to give you a recommendation for a uh, a, a movie or a TV show. Huh. Uh, in honor of the fifty third anniversary of man walking on the surface of the moon this week. I'd like to give you a recommendation for a series you should watch. And that is? It was a little known series back in the early 2000s. Um, if memory serves me right, it was in the early 2000s. It was on HBO and it was called From the Earth to the Moon. And it didn't get a lot of play at the time. It was a Tom Hanks, um, Steven Spielberg produced 10 episodes. Yeah. And it's the, the story of... The, the Apollo program from the inception. So right after the Mercury program from the Apollo, from Apollo one, all the way up to and through the Apollo mission. And it is spectacular. It's about 10 episodes. Um, a young Brian Cranston before he was Brian Cranston plays Buzz Aldrin. It is fantastic. And you can find it on HBO. Um, have you ever been to uh, Cape Canaveral? I have never been to Cape Kennedy. Uh, I think I went back to Cape Canaveral, didn't it? Oh, did it? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, I, I've been there, and you do a tour of the place, and it's just, oh, it's just mind-boggling. As a as somebody that grew up during the space program, mind-boggling, and you realize you've got more computer technology in your phone than they had to send a man to the moon, and you yeah. realize the danger that was really involved in all of this. You know, because you know it was not everything was not state of the art the way it is now. Well, and it's also, it's also, right, the, and they bring this up in the series, right? The world stopped to watch a grainy video of an American walking on the moon. And two or three years later, nobody cared when they were broadcasting color television from the surface of the moon. Nobody cared. They brought a car and had color television and nobody cared. And I don't think we could do it again today as Americans. We're too divided. We, we don't have that common purpose for a greater good. Um, and that's sort of sad. So 53 years later, I don't think we could muster enough support to put a man on the surface of the moon. Well, you know what, I, what I wonder if someone, if, and maybe it's just because I'm older. So, you know, there may be some kids out there that would beg to differ with me, but I wonder if just the imagination is there the way it used to be. Because like you said, you know, we got everything at our fingertips now. You know, everything is right there. I mean, I was I was amazed at that uh, those pictures that uh, the Webb telescope took. Yeah. I mean, th those pictures were just unbelievably beautiful and what they represented and all the work that went into that. But you're right. But here it is, what, the week or so after uh, the Webb picture that they were uh, released and nobody's yeah. talking about it. Nobody's made a big, well, it was, and, it, and, it, and, it was a, it was, it was a meme for about 15 minutes on social media. That was it. Well, not only that, but there are people who still don't believe we walked on the surface of the moon. I mean, they just completely disrespect, um, you know, the, the, the greatest accomplishment of humankind. I mean, we have, we have a helicopter flying on Mars and nobody cares. So, yeah. If you're interested, from the Earth to the moon on HBO. All right. All right. We're good. Anyway, uh, we're out of time. Uh, McGraw, uh, glad to have you back. Thanks for, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. 
And uh, even though we had to wait a few minutes for you to show up because you were busy, but um, <laughs> but thanks for taking time, and um, we will uh, we'll talk to you later. I had to go to the woman's restroom. That's all I had to do. See, that was a transgender joke. What, what is in your mind? Oh, you have no idea. All right, I, I gotta, go. I gotta go. I'll talk to you. Get out of here. I'll talk to you later. Later, bye. Bye. Huda Media Production.